Good Sunday morning. Welcome to the latest edition of Sharing the Victory, program sponsored by the West Virginia University chapter of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And with us in the studio is FCA Campus Director Kirby Myers. Kirby, good morning. Good morning. Thanks How for coming in. Thanks for having us. We're uh, in the spring season, and of course, most, well, school's out. Most of the uh, events have wrapped up, but the Mountaineer baseball team is having a historic season, literally, up until this point at least, the best ever. And you've got a special guest with you. Yeah, i got Tevin Tucker here today with us from the baseball team. And, um, you know, Tevin, this is my second year with FCA, and I just met Tuck this year. And Tuck's one of those guys that you meet, and having done college ministry for about 10 years now, one of those guys that you meet and you go, Oh, why couldn't I met you sooner? You know, um, we had lunch a couple of weeks ago and just had a great time and just a great young man and has really been a big part of FCA. So, Tuck, welcome. Thanks for coming in. No problem. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us. And uh, first of all, what drew you to FCA? It was actually my teammate, Noah Short. Oh, okay. He put in our group chat. And um, I don't know, one day I was just like, man, I'm, I'm just going to go. I always, I grew up in a, a Christian home and both of my parents went to church. So, I always was around God, but I wanted to find God for myself. So when Noah put in the group chat, I was like, this is a great opportunity. And uh, the first time I went, I felt like I had to go every single time. So I told Kirby that, that exact same thing of every time I that went, that first time I had to go every single time. Hmm. What was it about it? What was, uh, was it the camaraderie? Was it the message? All of those things? Uh, I would just say everything. I mean, we go in and we play a game and kind of have fun. You just kind of relax and then we hear the message from Kirby and then we sing also. So Kind of just everything, just you feel like at home, like it's another family. No mention of Chick-fil-A. He's yeah, he's, he's coming for one. the real stuff. Everybody else says the food, you know, but not Tucker. He's Chick-fil-A coming for the real meat <laughs> of the word. Chick-fil-A is great at the end, but yeah, the, everything else is, is the thing that I go for the most. Every other athlete we've had in here, the first thing they say is Chick-fil-A. Yeah, gospel chicken, we say. <laughs> <laughs> so when you prioritize, it's uh, obviously you're extremely busy. You're working on a master's degree, right? Yes, sir. So you've got classes, you've got homework, you've got practice pretty much every day. Baseball players play on Sunday. Obviously, that's how the schedule works out, for better or for worse. You're playing Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So how do you prioritize? How do you move things around to make FCA and make God a priority? Um, I feel like that's one of the biggest things college has taught me, uh, to kind of do well with your time. Um, with baseball, it could get a little hectic, but we have FCA on every Monday, what we did. So I made sure when that time came, I was doing nothing, that I was at FCA. So I would go get my recovery in. we get a lift in early Monday morning. Um, then we go to the field and hit, and then I go get my recovery in, and then after that I'm done. I make sure when that time comes for FCA that I'm there. And then mm-hmm. after, I go get dinner. So <laughs> If not, the Chick-fil-A. Uh, and so uh, true. Like uh, Tucker's been one of those guys that – He's just there every week, you know. Noah, Noah did start it, you know, and and you've heard me say this before when JJ's been on and when Noah's been on, like we call it the baseball bus because uh, the bus just kept arriving and new players coming every week. But Tucker's one of those guys I met early, and he just kept coming, and I just knew that I would see him, you know, coming through the door. And if he ever had to miss for a reason, uh, he would let me know, hey, I can't be there tonight because of this. And so it's really been. Great to watch him make that a priority in his life. Mm-hmm. And the chapels are kind of nice too, right? On yes. Sunday mornings when Kirby comes to the ballpark. Yes, yes. We actually had our biggest 
biggest crowd probably yeah. this past Sunday. Of I came in a little late. I kind of woke up a little late, but I came <laughs> in, and um, it was. I'm not gonna say half the team, but it was a lot of the team that was in there. So that's been great as well, just having him come and talk to us Sunday mornings, definitely before a game, but just getting the word to us on a Sunday morning. How does that work, Kirby? I know these guys again, when they get to the ballpark, they gotta hit the ground running. They've got to stretch and get loose and take BP and get all their work in. So how does the chapel fit in there? How does that work? Yeah. So first of all, I always like to say this for our listeners, uh, it is optional chapel. No one is mandated to come and that's clear that that the room's not full we have it in the theater there at the baseball stadium so i mean like tevin said a lot of guys came this past week um but it's it's optional and so the way we get that in on a sunday is before everything else starts i think maybe breakfast is the first thing on the the morning agenda so they need to come in and eat before before things get going and so i've got 15 minutes before that breakfast time kind of starts and, um, yeah, it's, it's usually at 8.30 or 8.45 if it's a 1 o'clock game. Uh, a couple weeks ago, they, they had to move the game up to 11 a.m., so we didn't have chapel because I think Coach Maisie wanted the guys to get their sleep in and, yeah. and not come in at 6.30. But, uh, again, it's just a chance to, you know, they're not going to be able to go to church on Sunday when they're playing, and so a chance to get in the Word, give them something to think about before they go compete. Mm-hmm. So having this in your life, does that give you a sense of peace when there's chaos around you, when you're in a ballpark with 3,000 people and they're all screaming and the guy's trying to get you out? I mean, does, does this, this type of meditation help you get done what you need to get done? Uh, I would say so. I mean, when anything gets kind of hectic, just in life, honestly, I mean, you can go to God. He's always going to be there for you. And like Kirby said, I mean, offer him enough for us, so – we're really just out there competing for, for God and, and everything he does for us and his glory. So. Mm-hmm. This season's been remarkable, and we'll get into this a little bit, but the fact that you have a chance, you, I mean collectively the team, have a chance to deliver the school's first Big uh, Big 12 state uh, Big Twelve championship, what's that mean to you and for everything you personally have been through in this program? It means a lot. Um, I've been here for half a decade, I say. <laughs> So it means a lot to to have a chance to do that. And uh, we're just going to take it one game at a time, try not to think about it. But it definitely means a lot and for the people because um, they've been really supporting us this year, which I've never seen before. Like, it's it's grown a lot. So mm-hmm. for us to have a chance to bring that home, it means a lot to, to everybody. And you've been a lot through a lot since you've been here as a young person having to go through COVID, um, not being able to be in class for a while, not being able to be around your peers. The season got canceled that year, right? Yes, sir. So what was that like, trying to navigate all of those things that COVID and the pandemic and all that stress? Uh, yeah, it was kind of tough. I mean, you really just kind of wanted to stay safe. Uh, it kind of allowed me some time to go home and see my family because usually it would be time when we'd be in the season, so I didn't really get to see them, so – Kind of the positive for me of being home and seeing my family, but just trying to stay safe and trying to make sure, you know, don't catch COVID or don't give it to my family, anything like that. But I look at the positives of it, of being able to be around my family, be home, and, and just have time with them of time that I normally don't have because I'd be in season. Mm-hmm. All right, home is Prince George, Virginia. Yes, sir. Tell us about that and what your life was like as a youngster. Well, you're still a youngster, but as a <laughs> – <laughs> No, he's an old man around here. You know, like I told you, I met him too late, and at our last FCA meeting, we had a time where we uh, 
prayed for all the seniors, you know, the ones coming back, and and we asked them all to come in the middle. And Tucker went to the middle, and I was like, no, you you can't be leaving so <laughs> soon. But he has been here a while. But sorry to interrupt the question there. Prince George, Virginia. Uh, yes, it's kind of a small small county. Um, it's not a ton of people in, in Prince George, but we have a uh, the military base Fort Lee, which is where most of our kids kind of funnel in from at school. Um, it's kind of kind of country, I would say, for the most part. But we have surrounding counties, so we kind of don't really be in Prince George a lot. We kind of go to Kelowna Heights, is where like the grocery stores and stuff are at. But Prince George is small, like I said, a small county school. Um, kind of grew up, like I said, in the country of we got like big trucks out there and <laughs> and tractors and stuff like that, and uh, everybody kind of knows everybody in the county. So mm-hmm. word kind of travels fast when you're when you're in Prince George. But I love my time there and. It's a place I'll never forget. How did you get discovered by WVU? I actually played up here, I want to say in the summer, in one of the dy- dynamic tournaments, and they got to see me. And then I also played in uh, a Music City Classic in Nashville, and Coach Sage seen me there, and he called me and said they was interested. And it was funny because I was out to eat, and um, one of the guys from around my way that played football here that went to West Virginia, he was at the the – same restaurant I was at, and I got the call, and Saves offered me, and then I seen him. Quentin Spain is his name. Yeah. Yeah, I seen him there. And I kind of know him because my brother is kind of familiar with him, so it was just – it was a uh, weird timing. But Yeah, was he was – uh, wow, he was a great player. Yeah. NFL guy. Yeah, he's from right the county right beside me. So, hmm. so wow, that's quite a story yeah. where you get an offer from West Virginia and one of West Virginia's best football players maybe ever – is uh, sitting, what, two or three tables away, right? Yeah, in Nashville. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Okay, have you always been a shortstop? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, who do you model your game after? Growing up, I was a Yankees fan, so I would definitely say Jeter. But now it's kind of changed a little bit. I like uh, Tim Anderson. I just like what he stands for, and he kind of empowers just having swagger and being able to play baseball at – the highest level of shortstop, so yeah. I kind of like Tim Anderson now. Now Kyle's a, a Cardinals fan, so he was hoping you were going to say Ozzy Smith, Smith, but that's oh. way before your time. Yeah. Way no, I mean, I hear time. a lot of comparisons. Of sometimes I make plays, and they're like, "Oh, that's like Ozzy Smith right there." The so, wizard, right? Yeah, the wizard. You do? Can you do a backflip? No, sir. Okay, <laughs> I used to, but not anymore. Ozzy Smith used to come in on opening day, he'd do a backflip, and then he'd do a backflip if they were ever in the playoffs or the World Series. He'd come out and do a backflip. Having watched some of your games this year, man, I mean, when you're in the moment, uh, you look like you're pretty loud and you're you're really enjoying yourself out there. And whether that's a, a double or, you know, slide into the plate, you've got a lot of energy and it's really fun to watch. Yeah, I would definitely say, yeah, that that definitely happens a lot. When I'm in the moment, it's just it just comes out. And then you have also like Landon Wallace, who's he's kind of emotional as well. So we kind of are two emotional guys that kind of show a lot of a lot of passion with it. So. That just kind of comes out in the moment. Now, he's one of the new guys, right? You transferred in? Yes, sir. Okay, so you've got some key transfers. Uh, Traxel, I believe, transferred in. Your catcher transferred in, right, uh, from Virginia Tech. What's that like, having to develop that chemistry? A guy like you has been around for five years. You know, JJ's only a sophomore, but you've got some other veterans. And then in this day and age of the transfer portal, you're going to lose guys. Guys are going to come in, and you got to find that chemistry, right? Right. I mean, I would say just from – we got in, uh, the freshmen kind of came in this summer, and some of the transfers came in early. So just with them coming in early and then in the fall, we're going to camping trip, and that's kind of the 
the trip that kind of brings everybody together. We just go out and camp for a couple of days, and it's just us. And you basically we cook together, we sleep together. So it's kind of that kind of develops all the relationships, and everybody kind of gets used to each other. So I feel like that's a big part. And then our coaches play a good role of just building the culture, and, and they come in and, and buy into it. So mm-hmm. it kind of made it easy, just a, a easy transition to kind of buy into our culture and what we do. You've always been a great defensive player, but you're having a career season at the plate. Where did that improvement come from, and what are the reasons do you think that you managed to have this breakthrough this year offensively? I would say, honestly, just relaxing. I was kind of always in my own way, always in my own head, just trying to force things. I think this year I just kind of took a step back and was like, I'm just going to let the game come to me. Whatever happens, happens. Like Hitting is already hard. There's no need to get in my own way. So I just kind of relax and, and trying to just pass the torch to the next guy, pass the bat to the next guy, have a good A-B. And especially when you have J.J. Weatherhold and Landon Wallace and guys like that in the lineup, I mean, it's, you make it pretty easy just to kind of get on base and, and pass it to them, and mm-hmm. they'll do their job. So, The style of baseball you guys play, now again, I'm going to reference the 80s. Kirby's going to remember yeah. this. You mentioned the Ozzie Smith, the Cardinals – had a couple of years in the 80s where they stole 300 base, 300-plus bases. They had a year where they stole like 330 bases in 162 games, and Ozzie and Vince Coleman. Willie McGee, Terry, was Willie he part McGee of that? played okay. center field. Yeah. Uh, he was the MVP in 85. They ran like crazy. That was their identity. You guys are similar to that. Uh, again, that has to be fun playing in that style. Do you have a green light all the time, or how does that work with – the dynamic of of running the bases aggressively. Uh yeah. So some of the guys have a different green light, um, <laughs> which I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say. But yeah, you have you look over the coach and if you give you a green light, then it's a green light to run, which is it's great to play that way because you put pressure on the defense. So anytime you know they might bobble it or they're just just having it in their brain that oh these guys they're fast, so that puts a lot of pressure on them, and it's just a great style of baseball. And it's kind of same style I played in high school so it was an easy transition for me mm-hmm. and uh, again that aggressiveness it makes it fun and especially when it kind of filters down the line you're the leadoff guy this year so you set the table right did you take that seriously being the catalyst and the table setter for the team yes sir I would say so I mean I've never hit leadoff before here at West Virginia so it's been the first but I've hit leadoff in summer ball before but just kind of be the guy to kind of set the table and just set the tone for the game of how we're going to come out and play. And like I said, I just want to get on base and then got J.J. behind me. So I know <laughs> magic is going to happen when he comes up. <laughs> You're talking about stolen bases. Uh, just something I've observed, too, watching you guys. Uh, and I haven't looked for a while, but you've had a lot of sacrifice bunts. Like you, there's a lot of bunting going on. You guys get hit by pitches a lot. Um I think I was at the Hofstra game, and we got hit like eight times that game, like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so talk about that a little bit too, just strategy, getting on base. Uh, Yeah, I would say uh, bunting is, is definitely a big part of our game. Um, Like you said, I have a lot of sack bunts, and if I can't, if there's a run on first and nobody out, then I usually have a bunt for a hit where I try to get on, but if not, then I move the runner over. Like I said, I helped the team out for J.J., and then – with just that plays in with stealing and stuff like that because that puts pressure on defense because a lot of times I've bunted the ball right back to the pitcher and he's he's really thrown it away. So huh. that goes into a big play of, of how we play. So that's mm-hmm. just what Coach Maisie preaches. The coaching staff, you talked about that and the fact that there's this family atmosphere and a lot of guys have talked about uh, 
the assistant coach, Steve Sabins, right? He's the recruiting guy. Is he the guy that makes the first contact with you? Uh, it depends who you are, but mostly, yeah, because he's the he's the guy that reaches out, and he's a great guy. When I was getting recruited, he would call my coach literally every day, just <laughs> asking about me. And just knowing that, you know, a coach at a Division One school, Power 5 school, cares yeah. about you like that, it makes a difference, so – so what's his pitch? What is his pitch? What's Coach Maisie's pitch to bring someone from Virginia or Pennsylvania where JJ's from? Or you got a guy, Traxel's from California, I think. What's the pitch to bring a prospective baseball player to Morgantown, find a home in Morgantown? I think it's just the family environment, really, and the culture. I mean, they tell me, like, when I get here, I mean, everybody's like a family. Like, we believe in our culture and we want to build it the right way. And since I've been here, that's been the biggest thing that I've seen of when people come in, they really buy into the culture. And it's just a one big happy family, really. Mm-hmm. So I feel like you can get guys from all over because we have a guy from Canada. So it's just really just buying into that culture and then that family atmosphere. Academically, what were your goals five years ago and have you reached them? I would say so. I always want to try to get over a 3-0 every <laughs> semester. It might have been a couple. I might have slipped up a little bit. But I would say I reached them um, working on my master's, which I would have never thought would have happened. So I got four more classes to get that. And then having my master's and my bachelor's degree is pretty pretty awesome. Well, that's incredible. So what's the master's in? It's going to be in sports management. Okay. What was the undergrad in? Uh, sports exercise psychology with a minor in sports communication. What do you hope to do with that, with those degrees, multiple degrees? Uh, one day I, I want to become a coach. Kind of just want to pass down my knowledge to younger kids and the younger generations. And I feel like I could do that. I feel like I could change some lives. So I kind of want to be a coach one day. Hmm. But first pro baseball. Yes, first pro baseball for sure. How much of an inspiration is it to see Alec Manoa, Michael Grove, uh, John Means in the big leagues that was a little bit before your time. Uh, guys from my era, Jed Jerko and David Carpenter pitched in the big leagues, and those are both local guys. Carps from Marion County and Jed's from right here in Morgantown. How much of an inspiration is to see those guys that made it through the minor leagues and reached the pros, reached uh, the major leagues? It means a lot. It means a lot, honestly, just seeing those guys knowing that they've came through the same university I came through and went through the same things I went through and, and made it to the big leagues, it just makes it more capable for us, or for me, should I say, of seeing them do it, just to be able to say, like, okay, they've done it, so I definitely could do it as well. So, And then I also know um, Jackie Bradley Jr., he went to my high school, and he's very close with me. Hmm. So just seeing him do all that, too, I put it in the same perspective of them. as like he's went to the same high school as me. So it just makes it – it makes it – more doable for us or for myself just to see them do it as well well that's pretty cool yeah that guy can he he can play a little bit (laughs) yeah he's he's got a glove he can uh he can go get it who's the best player that you've come up against your five years in the big 12 first of all who's the toughest pitcher that you faced probably nick lodolo from tcu my freshman year yeah he uh he was a lefty that threw about 94 to 96 with a a hammer breaking ball yeah He's now in the big leagues yeah. now doing it to people, so I don't feel as bad now. But, yeah, he was one of those guys that I faced. I was like, wow, yeah, this guy is really good. He's uh, with the Reds now. What about who's hit the ball the hardest right at you? Do you have any recollections of a guy just hammering one and you've had to react? I will honestly probably say my own teammate that I played with of Paul McIntosh. 
Really? He hits the yeah. ball extremely hard. And in practice, he would hit him. I've seen him take somebody's glove off before in the game, the <laughs> wow. shortstop. He, I mean, he hits the ball at 115, 116. Like, he hits it really hard. So, hmm. sometimes in practice, yeah, he'd uh, – he get the best of me sometimes, but I get him sometimes. Yeah, speaking well. of the ball coming that fast off the bat, like why did you want to play shortstop growing up? I remember when I played, like if the coach said second or left field, I'm like, thank you, you know, that's safe. But shortstop, man, that's a lot of responsibility, a lot of action over there. What drew you to that position? Honestly, I'm not sure. I mean, I just started playing when I was younger, and over time you just kind of grow with the, the instincts, and as the ball gets hit harder, you just understand that you have to do less, really. You just got to catch it. So I feel like just over time, just of growing and learning, just playing a position, it just kind of started feeling natural, and that's just my been my natural position ever since then. So. What's the best defensive play you've made? Oh, man. <laughs> I've seen a couple this year that were outstanding. Um, a play that you made that you didn't think you could. When the ball is off the bat, I'm going to go for it, but I don't think so. It was probably, probably not even a ball to me. It was probably like – a double play that ended up on Sports Center. It was last year against Marshall. Um, it was hit to Mikey Kluska up the middle, and he flipped it to me. And he flipped it a little low, and the runner was sliding in. I caught it and jumped over the runner and threw it, and Huss picked it. And that was probably one of the plays I was like, wow, that was <laughs> that was pretty amazing. And then probably this year when we played Minnesota, um, the runner tried to steal, and Dane kind of threw it high, and I jumped up and kind of flipped down kind of over and – he caught. He got called safe, but I think I tagged him. <laughs> you think him. he was out? <laughs> yeah. Those two probably the plays. I was like, wow, that was that was pretty impressive. We are with Tevin Tucker, Mountaineer baseball player, sharing the victory from the WVUFCA. All right, we've talked a lot of baseball, but let's uh, let's get back to the reason you came in here and talking about the FCA and some of your routines. You you make a cross with the bat, right, in the mm-hmm. dirt. When did that start? Why did that start? And what do you draw from that? Um, I think it started probably freshman year. Uh, I just really didn't have a routine, so that was one thing I wanted to do of just having a routine. So every time I go up there and I draw that cross, it's just like God is with me. So like everything I'm doing once again is for Him. So once I do that, it just kind of relaxes me, and then at that point, I just get in the box and just just relax and just play baseball. So. Mm-hmm. Helps you focus, yeah, yeah, a little bit. Okay, and again, those Monday night huddles that you go to that you prioritize and put everything else to the side, what has that meant to you since you've been starting to go to FCA? Uh, it's meant a lot, honestly. Like I said, I wanted to get closer to God for myself, and I feel like I've done that. And then we have the daily readings that we have, so I've been able to read the, the New Testament and the Bible, which I've never done before. So it's been great. And uh, just to read – and see everything that, you know, he does and does for us, is, it's been amazing, honestly. And one day I want to have kids and want to teach them the same thing. So I was like, I got to hmm. I gotta know God first myself. So yeah. it's been awesome and it's such a blessing that Kirby's been able to do that for us, and we definitely appreciate him. One thing, you know, it's, it is quiet right now. Baseball's still going. I think women's track maybe a little bit longer. Um, all the football players are home, so it gives me some time to, to hang out with these guys a little bit. So – while they're here and have a lot of downtime with no class, we've been doing some Bible studies as well, not just chapel. So uh, we'll meet tonight and just get in the Word together. And it's just a great group of guys that are very eager. They want to learn. They want to grow. They want to know more. And as a as a pastor, as a teacher, that's very inviting when people want that from you. Mm-hmm. What have you learned about yourself 
through your studies in the Bible? What are some things that you you've learned about yourself? Um, that's a good question as well. I learned well when I first heard uh, Kirby about it. I told him like how I'm kind of to myself a little bit. So when I first came out, it kind of allowed me to get out of kind of my comfort zone and kind of allow me to really take a leap and and really go out and, and like I said, find God for myself. Because like I said, my parents grew up and they would you know tell us about God all the time. It was like I wanted to find Him for myself. Mm-hmm. So I feel like just me going out and coming to FCA and talking with Kirby and stuff like that, it allowed me to really pursue look at look at myself and be like I I really did something out of my comfort zone and I'm glad I did it because it's something I wanted to do but I stopped kind of procrastinating and, mm-hmm. and really just got to do it have you enjoyed mixing with athletes from other sports that maybe you may not have an opportunity to meet otherwise? yes that's been great as well um we have a lot of a lot of good leaders in, in FCA and just like I said I'm to myself so I don't really talk a lot but going to FCA I've been able to meet a lot of a lot of great other athletes so and just hearing their testimonies and stuff has been great as well Mm -hmm. this spring has been exciting because a lot of times you you see a drop off in the spring uh, when it's colder when it's dark out you know and you're like do I really want to go to FCA it's I'm back at my place it's warm uh, I got to go back out Uh, but our numbers were really good this spring and you know we we try to finish right at nine o'clock for so we go from 7 30 to 9 because we know Athletes have studies. Yeah. They have things to do. They got to get up early. Our swimmers have to get up early. Um, but the last few meetings of the year, we almost had to throw everybody out. There was so much <laughs> fellowship going on, you know, there in the lobby. Um, athletes from different sports just interacting and spending time together and genuinely loving that time with one another. It's mm-hmm. been fun. There's a lot of pressure on you. I mean, your sport. I mean, you're you're at the plate four times a game. You're in the field. Uh, if you're a football player, there's a lot of pressure. The FCA is kind of a refuge, isn't it? Everybody's the same, and nobody wants anything from you, right? They just right. want they just they want you to be there, and they want you to be part of the collective. Yes, yeah, I would say FCA. Yeah, it's like you said, it is a lot of pressure, but FCA is just one of those things where you can just go relax and, like you said, everybody always feels that pressure. But when you go to FCA, it's just relaxing. You get in the, in the word and. Kirby, like I said, he's great, so everybody can just go and relax and just kind of be yourself and kind of let that shield down of always being an athlete. Everybody just can just sit in there and just relax and hear the word. All right, we've got about a minute left. Kirby, anything else? No, it's just, uh, like I said, it's great to be around a guy like Tuck. And, um, you know, when you know someone like Tevin and uh, you just want him to do well, you know, so when I go to the games or I'm – kind of tracking online. I want him to get a hit, hit every time. I want him to make a good play in the field. And and now I want to see him, you know, do well in the Big 12s, hopefully NCAA tournament, um, and then into into uh, professional baseball. So uh, it causes me to to pray for him and just try to encourage him and, and see where the Lord's going to take him. You want a, uh, you want a state championship in high school. How <laughs> that's cool, right? Yeah, winning a Big Twelve championship though and hosting a regional—I mean, that's how cool would that be? Uh, that would be amazing, honestly. I mean, since high school, since I think my sophomore years, I've been a part of history that I can recall since then. Every year since like my sophomore year, so to get a Big Twelve championship, like I said, it would be amazing for the people—just not for me, but for the people. Right, and. Just to bring that home would be awesome. And then hosting another regional as I hosted one, a part of 
I was a part of a team that hosted freshman year. Mm-hmm. That would be great as well. So just trying to keep this thing going one game at a time. Yeah, I think 60,000 people came to Mountaineer baseball games this year. So wow. to reward them, that'd be really cool. Yeah, that would be awesome because they, they are the difference makers. They don't understand, but <laughs> having them out there. Oh, is I a, think they it understand. Is, <laughs> it is amazing. <laughs> All right, very good. Tevin Tucker, pleasure meeting you. And uh, good luck the rest of the way and, uh, you know, bring home that championship. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Again, FCA, if you, uh, if you like what you've heard and the influence they have on these young people, you can go to the website wvufca.org and contribute right at the site if uh, that's what's laid upon your heart. And we appreciate Tevin Tucker coming in, spending time with us, and we appreciate you listening to Sharing the Victory, program sponsored by the West Virginia University Chapter of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes here on WAJR.